0: The Hales Kitchen. This is the first ever episode. Um, so, tonight on the show, we have Sean Dolan, who is a middle distance runner out of Ewing, New Jersey. Um, this is my first ever shot at this, so give me a break if it's not perfect and uh, make sure to leave some feedback. All right, uh tonight on the show we have Sean Dolan who is actually just put had some big news last night and now it's on his Instagram. Sean, uh you wanna fill us in on that?
1: Uh yeah, sure. Uh so yeah, I committed to run for run track and cross country uh at Villanova University last night.
0: All right, so what uh made you choose Villanova?
1: Um I mean it seemed like it was the perfect size school for me, honestly. Uh, classes weren't too big, which was a big concern of mine. And, uh, the team's great. Everyone's everyone there is so friendly and everything. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed all my other visits I went on It was just that when I got on campus and I just got to hang out that team, it was just, it was just something else when I, once I got on campus. So, I mean, I just knew it was the one as soon as I got there.
0: Nice. Nice. So, uh, cross country, how's that going for you so far?
1: Uh, training's going pretty well right now. I mean. We had a we had a rough uh, season opener, but um, we bounced back yesterday at the short coaches meet. Uh, I won my individual race and in, uh, a new Homedale Park PR. So I'm happy with that one. We, I mean, it's pretty much a sit and kick for the PR. So I'm, I'm excited for uh, later parts of the year when I get to race there again. You beat Caitlin too, though. Yeah. I did. I did beat Caitlin too. I was uh, very nervous hearing that. Uh, so like, how it is on the course is like. Once you come out of the woods, there's like a little hill before the final straightaway, and uh-huh. right after you exit the woods, they like start ringing a bell, uh-huh. and then uh, they start ringing the bell, and the it was like twenty seconds. It was like fifteen and like fifteen maybe forties or fifties, and I was like, oh no, there's a shot. She takes my time down. I was like, I was I was uh, a little nervous there for a little bit, but uh, I mean, yeah, she's she's a beast, so.
0: Now, is she going to take down your mile time in outdoor?
1: I hope not, dude. I mean, that's like I, – I, I'm pretty confident she won't touch my 800 time, but, I mean, I ran 16.19 last year at that – at dell and then went on to have the year I did on the track. But, I mean, I hope she – like, <laughs> I hope she doesn't come close to my mile time. That would be something – that would be, like, just the stupidest thing ever.
0: So those of you who aren't familiar with Sean primarily a miler won the mile at new balance outdoors last year. So a uh, question from a fan in a race, what is your, what is in your mind each lap of the 1600? Take us through like what's going through your head. Uh,
1: so the first lap is pretty much just, um, yeah, just pretty much just getting a spot, like figuring out, well, you'll pretty much know in the first 200 meters, if the race is going to be a slow one or if it's like a tactical race, or it's going to be a more of like a, when that's going for time, but uh, pretty much just trying to find your spot and find your rhythm in the first 200 to 300 of the race and just keep keep rolling pretty much. And then the second lap is uh, – people might not think that one's as important, but that's when that's kind of – you have to start making the moves and deciding, like, where you're going to be in the race. Are you going to try and sit and wait for the kick? Are you going to try and push it a little bit? But, like, that one's pretty important. And the third lap is – arguably the most important lap just because you have to make sure you got to be going with the race and you just have to make sure like you're ready to go because it's all about positioning and uh, especially in a tactical race it's all about positioning in a, in a tactical mile so and then the four, fourth lap is just pretty much all guts and you just gotta hopefully what you did in the third lap set you up for the fourth lap and then uh, whatever it is just ball out in those last 300 meters
0: Now what type of race do you prefer? Are you more of a sit and kick guy or I just go from the gun?
1: Definitely more of a sit and kick guy in the mile at least. I mean there's been some occasions in the eight where I've been known to just take it from the gun and just go for it but um, yeah I'm definitely more of a sit and kick guy in the long for now at least in the longer races just because I'm still adjusting to the the length of the 1600 because I've been running the 800 pretty hard pretty hard and competitively since my freshman year and it's the sixteen hundred is still relatively new to me, and uh, yeah, since I only started taking uh, my training for that one seriously last year.
0: All right, so uh, you mem- you are a member of the famed Runners World V two group chat. Shout out to them. Yes. Um, if you were stranded on an island, you could take three Runners World V two members with you, past or present. Who would they be, and why would you take them?
1: Okay, um, so I had given a previous answer before, and I think it was Jack Peralt. Ian Delgado, then I don't remember who the third was. But now I'm starting to think I'm going to change my mind on it. I'm still going to go with Jack Peralt on this one just because he has the Army skills, you know, Okay. being a West Point, and everything, or West Point recruit and everything. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to have to take out Ian Delgado on this one because uh, I don't know why I put it in him in there in the first place. I think it was for inter- entertainment purposes. Yeah. Nothing to come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh actually, yeah, so the newest addition to Runners will be 2 is actually Matt Pam. So I'd probably slap him in there for some uh, some good basketball competition. Okay, that's fair. And then third member, probably
0: huh. My pick was Kemper, dude. Kemper's got the smarts.
1: Yeah, that's true. He is pretty smart. I mean, oh, I don't know. Aww. Yeah,
0: I forget who I said too.
1: I think it. I might have to just go with uh. Might have to go with Max Echo. The man can cook. I don't know. It's true. He can make some mean pancakes. He can cook.
0: All right. So, uh, moving on. Who's your runner crush, guy and girl? Uh, <laughs> guy and girl. Um. Pro, high school, college, anyone.
1: Huh. For a girl to pro, it's definitely Genevieve Lacaz. Yeah, she's hot. Um, Guy, I don't know. Probably Shale Wobaker, honestly. Man's got He's teeth. The He's the boy. Got those big teeth, you know? Big teeth. Huge teeth. All right, so uh,
0: I, I don't know if you've heard of this competition, but there's a, kind of a big meet that goes down in Australia every year. It's called Down Under. Uh, would you ever Have you heard of it? Have you been recruited by them? Are you looking at them or anything?
1: I mean, a, what high school runner has not been recruited by the Sports? So, I mean, I, honestly, I'll be real with you. I got, like, that letter freshman year. Uh-huh. And I was, like, hyped because I thought it was, like, shit. But then again, I saw guys that were running, like, 5'10 on my team getting the same letter. So, I was like, okay, it must not be anything serious. And then, uh, actually, like, the other day on Instagram, I was looking on my explore page, and I saw some kid that was, like, Saying he was like all American or whatever. And I like clicked on his, uh, clicked on his account and I was like, the dude ran down under. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm all American and like down under athletics. <laughs> I was like, oh my, oh my goodness. <laughs> I had no people like actually went to this thing. That's big.
0: So you might not have been to down under, but uh, what would you say are your top three running achievements that aren't down under?
1: Okay. Uh, no specific order. One of them has to be uh, winning the pen Relays as a team in the DMR. Last Absolutely. year, that was just craziness. Um, huh. Uh, another big achievement for me was uh, was actually being All-American as an individual uh-huh. in indoor nationals just because we had done it on the team before and everything, and uh, – I mean, in the like, obviously the 800 was my better event indoors, and mm-hmm. so for me to actually run something I was actually something I was I thought I was capable of running indoors, But mm-hmm. actually like, just like balling out and running, having the race I knew I could have. Yep. It's a huge breakthrough for me, honestly, because like, I had a I had a pretty good indoor season with uh with making Melrose and everything like that, but uh, and like winning that one K up at uh Dr. Sanders Invitational, but um. Yeah, getting all American in that eight hundred indoor nationals was a really big deal for me, just because it finally solidified that like I am someone that could be talked about in the national scene, and like it wasn't I wasn't just being a, that guy who's doing well in these relays. It's just like I can prove to myself and prove to the nation that I'm I, I was a force to be reckoned with on the track.
0: Mm-hmm. And you also ran. Read- you guys also ran four by mile at
1: indoor nationals, right? We did. So yeah, we took second to Loudoun Valley in that one. Uh only team not lapped, so that's always good. Big. Then third top ten uh third running achievement. Um, I would have to say it's a tie between being invited to Brooks PR. That was a pretty big deal for me, just because mm-hmm. I saw that meet freshman year, and then I was just wondering why all these good guys weren't at New Balance Nationals outdoor. And then I realized that, like, these races are actually fast. Like, they weren't just sitting kick distance races at – much like at New Balance Nationals. But, uh, yeah, I just, like, thought – I was like, huh. I run a pretty good 800 freshman year, which is going to be the reason I t- – it's tied for a third. Um, and I was like, man, it would be really cool to run there one day if I can get, like, a fast enough 800 time. And then, sure enough, two weeks before the meet, my junior year, obviously, I – yeah got the email saying I was invited and I had to like figure out all my travel arrangements so I didn't really have much time to like celebrate about that really I was just like all right we're going to Seattle next week so I said to figure everything out but uh yeah that was a lot of fun and then the one that tied with that was my freshman year I uh almost broke the freshman state record in uh-huh. the 800 so I mean I wasn't training really I was Trying to play soccer in college and everything, and so I was like taking that really seriously and then kind of doing track on the side just because my whole family obviously were yeah. athletes and my brother was on the team and everything yep. so it was at the group three state championships i uh, I qualified at a sectional meet um so I was in a seeded heat of the group three race and then the night before, I had a really bad leg on the 4 bite. We still clinched our spot to so the New Jersey Meet of Champions, so that was a pretty big deal for us. Just because our team was myself, my brother, uh, and two other freshmen and sophomore. Uh-huh. So I mean, it was kind of cool. We had all underclassmen making the state meet. It is was this, a pretty big deal
0: for us. Is this the same team that you ran last year at outdoors nationals,
1: or did your kids graduate? Uh, no, it was so. It was myself, my brother, uh-huh. and then. He was our 1200 leg on the DMR. His name is Teddy Meredith. And then the other guy that was on that 4x8 my freshman year was Will Titus, who's also in my grade. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was he's been battling injuries the past few years. So yeah, he was on that original 4x8 team. And last year it was a uh, Amos Barnes stepped in for the uh, 400 leg on the DMR and the 800 leg on the 4x8 national. So yeah, like that. I had a really bad run on the 4x8 the night before the race, and so. I was going in just not expecting much out of it just like I mean I'd run 157 two weeks before and I was like okay that was a pretty fast run for myself and then I didn't really couldn't really compare it to the guys in the race because at the time there was like sub 410 guys and like guys that run 152 151 in the race so I was like thought I was a little over my head and I was like all right whatever here here comes the end of my individual track season so we'll just focus on the relay and whatever and so then the gun goes off, and I'm in the race, and I'm in last place after the first mile. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I just, like, was it was just so hot out, and I just wanted to finish so badly. So I just started kicking, like, 300 out and started catching people.
0: Huh.
1: And then I just started – I realized I was in seventh place with uh, 100 meters to go, and it was top top six move on, so – I had to, I just caught two more guys in the home stretch and finished fifth and ran Mm -hmm. 155.53, just missing the freshman state record, school record by like one tenth of a second. So I hadn't known until like a week later that I was even that close to something like that. So that was a, that kind of made the decision for me that, all right, I should probably take this running thing pretty seriously because obviously I've, I'm pretty naturally talented. So if I really worked at this, I could probably do, do something pretty special in this sport.
0: Yeah. And for uh, those listening, can you give us your progression from freshman year to right now junior year of your 800?
1: Yeah. So freshman year, the first time I ran it was on a relay. Actually, I ran 159.92. Your first ever 800? First ever 800 yeah. was 159.92. And then...
0: I actually want to figure out, I'm curious what my first ever 800 was. I well, up. no,
1: I, I run it in like middle school once and it was like 212 or whatever. And then uh-huh. I'd run like 203 in a dual meet or something like that. But like my first time running an 800, I got an actual like invitational meet. It was at our county relay meet. Uh-huh. It was on an anchor four by eight leg and I ran 159.92. So, I mean, that one killed me for like a day or two. And then obviously I ran, had run 155. And so sophomore year. I ran 153 one at the state meet, mm-hmm. and was pretty frustrated with that one honestly because I knew I could have gone faster if I just didn't race like a goofball. And then, junior year, I got I had run 151 indoors, then got down to 150.7 for outdoors. Oh okay. Then had split 149.8 on my uh, on our all American four x eight team at New Balance Nationals. It's big. Yeah, I haven't had the biggest jump, but I mean, it's kind of hard to uh, be notching down as much time as some people are when I just somehow belt out a pretty fast 800 my freshman year.
0: Just kind of ra- off randomly.
1: So uh, our next question
0: is from a current teammate of mine. Not going to disclose a name, but he says, "What's it like living in the armpit of New York?" I Me. Mean, uh,
1: yeah. So those of you who don't know, I'm from New Jersey. Yeah. Um. Yeah, New Jersey gets a pretty bad rap, honestly, just because of the Jersey Shore. So, I mean, not all parts of New Jersey are like that, just so everyone knows that. Um,
0: You have guys pumping your gas.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but, yeah, we have people pump our gas for us. That's pretty nice. But, um, yeah, I mean, not all all of New Jersey is bad. There's just some parts that are uh, a little bit trashier than others. But, yeah, I like New Jersey. I mean, it gives me a sense of pride to know that, like, People kind of hate New Jersey, Mm -hmm. but in a way, like, New Jersey's producing some of the best athletes in the world. Obviously, CeeDee McLaughlin, just alone on the track, Cindy McLaughlin and people like that, and then, you know, like Kyrie Irving, and there's other athletes that are from New Jersey that are making serious waves out there, so, I mean... Sean Dolan. Yeah, I mean, hopefully I can get on the list of great athletes to come out of the state, but, um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, New Jersey normally gets a bad rap, but uh, there's been some pretty important people come out of this state in the athletic world. So I'm hoping that can be one of those one day.
0: That's fair. That's a fair response.
1: Um, so who would you say is your biggest supporter? Um, definitely my parents. I mean, actually, no, parents and brother. My brother is like, he was always there for me during the uh during the track season and stuff like that. So obviously, he moved off to college. To freshman at UPenn, so it's been, like, kind of odd without him here. Yeah. So, I mean, I normally did everything with him. All my runs were done with him and everything like that. So, yeah, it was just a little different not having him here. And then, uh, yeah, my parents always been very supportive because they know what it's like to be an athlete and stuff like that. So they've always been there to uh, help me after a bad race and then, like, remind me to stay humble after I have a good race or something like that. So it's just – really important that those people are staying in my life for that long.
0: Nice. Uh, so if you, you've alluded to this a couple of times, but you're in a family full of runners and athletes. Do you find yourselves talking about running a lot, or do you like to keep it separate and take a break from running?
1: Um, I mean, sometimes, yeah, it just comes up and we talk about it a lot, but, like, not all of our conversations are running-based. Obviously, my brother and I are big fans of the sport, and my dad's very involved with it, so – Mm-hmm. We'll talk a lot about it with our dad, but then there's some times we just don't talk about it at all and just talk about other stuff. But uh yeah, my mom's been disconnected from the running world for a little while now. So she only kn- she only knows a little bit about what's currently happening. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I normally would talk to about current running stuff with my father just because obviously he's very involved with it and being the coach at U Penn and my brother being a former miles split hound. So yeah, we used to be able to just talk about pretty much everything and then, uh yeah. But we usually keep it separate, but there's always a – whenever my dad comes home for – after not seeing him for a few days, you have to give a rundown of what happened the past few days or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no no one in my family knows a lick about running. <laughs> so that's a little different. Um, On meat day, what take us through your diet before meat. What's your favorite pre-race snack? What do you eat before meats?
1: So I've never really mastered that yet. So, I mean – the days when I've run my best times were uh, – so when I ran my Fast 800, it was New Jersey the champions this year after flying back from Brooks PR. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think the key is not having a lot of – not a lot of sleep, honestly. So <coughs> I've had some of my better races if not sleeping very well. So there's that aspect. But um, from a food standpoint, I think – I had a bowl of cereal and then some coffee for my uh, fastest 800. And then before my fastest mile, it was uh, actually at the Adidas Dream Mile in Boston. Like, I had a normal breakfast just because we raced at night. And then my lunch was kind of like, I don't remember what it was, like a sandwich, and then I had some yogurt or whatever. More, like, definitely food that could uh, give you energy just for whenever you have to race, but... Pretty much depends on what time I'm racing is the, uh, kind of thing, right? if I, if I race before 12 o'clock, uh-huh. I pretty much just have like a very, very light breakfast and just deal with that. And like, just, I might be a little bit hungry before the race, but that's okay. Um, it's better to be a little hungry than be uh, feeling a little sick before a race. So that's always, always better than, um, yeah, if I race after 12, like, a I know between like one and three or whatever like that. I just have a normal breakfast, not too big though, it's just like a normal size breakfast at around eight thirty, nine o'clock, and then my I'm digested by the time I have to race normally. And other than that, it's just yeah, just normal feeling. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, if I race at night, it's pretty much just normal breakfast, a little bit of a lighter lunch, and then yeah, then just get ready to race.
0: I know definitely for me that uh morning race is way better than afternoon and night races because the lunch slash afternoon meal is just brutal
1: for me race day. Yeah. You can never really find the, the proper balance you need for it.
0: Yeah. All right. So, uh, Sean, you were big, you were a big hype up for the chocolate milk mile this year in Rhode Island. Take us through, uh, how that went. Some conditions you had that made the race a little more difficult for you. And uh, what was your favorite experience from that meet?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, that was a great experience. I had a lot of fun that weekend. Uh, so yeah, I had a lot of hype going into it, just because of the mile PR and the 800 PR and my track credentials. So I was uh, expected to do pretty big things on that stage. But uh, yeah, I, I have the possibility of being lactose intolerant, so that didn't really uh, bode well with if me. mile, that's not really playing to your advantage. Yeah, it's not playing to my strengths, really. So. And then, of course, it was a game time decision to switch it up from uh, ten ounces to twelve ounces. So I was also not really adjusted to a full the full cup of chocolate milk yet. So that was a really brutal race. Came dead last. So was your time eight minutes twelve seconds.
0: All right, so to listeners, if you beat eight minutes and twelve seconds in the chocolate milk mile, you have beaten a national champion.
1: (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, but everything other than the race was just so much fun. I mean. Finally getting to meet the boys from our WV2 was just an absolute blast. And before the race, staying at the Peralt household was just so much fun. We got to just do whatever pretty much, just hang out by the pool or whatever. And then after we at Sebastian's house, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much it. We enjoyed ourselves that weekend.
0: Yeah, it was a good time. All right, so uh, final question, something to close on. How does it feel to be the slowest champion ever for the new balance outdoor nationals
1: mile? I mean, I think most people would hear that and be like, okay, that's kind of a weird title to have, but I kind of enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That's because, I mean, it uh, kind of suits, kind of suits how I, how I like, like, I don't know. It kind of like suits how I am as a runner. Huh. Just because like, I want to achieve as much as I can and be the best runner I can be. But like, do in the slowest way possible, and just kind of like gritting it out and being tactical for the win uh-huh. so i mean it's it's kind of a funny title to have just because in the recent years nationals has been getting slower and slower each year yeah i can 't see it getting slower than four twelve though i just can't i mean it's getting slower and slower each year, and then yeah just pretty much I kind of enjoyed the title because uh it just proves that no matter how slow you can go, you can still be a national champion but uh Kind of just takes a, I don't know. It's all about the title, pretty much. Just being the slowest yeah. national champion just kind of proves my point as being a a good tactical runner.
0: All right. Um. Any final thing you want to say? Plug any social media? Go ahead.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, just follow me on Instagram. It's Sean Dolan with a few ends in there, and that's about it. All right. Thanks for coming on, Sean. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, dude.